It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick. It's Sunday morning, time to talk cars. We are in the pit with uh, Jen and Ryan this week, and we have an exciting show lined up for you. We're going to talk to several people who are experts in their field. Uh, Roman Mike is going to be here. Roman and I have been joined at the hip the last few days uh, for a very simple reason. We've been on a lot of uh, automotive events together. Uh, Roman and I were on the Buick Torex, the Jaguar E-Pace, and we will also uh, in Chicago this week together. You guys have been to the Chicago Water Show, right? Yes. What 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 is the most memorable things? about the Chicago Water Show. The wind cutting through every jacket you have on. It's cold, right? Very. Chicago Auto Show. Do you know why Chicago Auto Show is during the winter? Nope. Auto shows in general started being put into the winter because car dealers weren't selling any cars. So what they would do is assemble all the great cars together, invite people in somewhere warm to have a look at them. And Chicago is no exception to that. It's actually a really nice place to have an auto show. McCormick Center is huge. There are around a thousand cars. There is a million square feet, and it's one of the most attended. A million square feet is just enormous. Right. You think yeah. about like the size of a car factory. Like that it's, is huge. It's big. It's a really, really big show. I like how they have it laid out too. It's two halls, right? Right. And they're separated just by a walkway in yep. between. Uh, if you've never been to the Chicago Auto Show, it's definitely, and you're a car fan, it's definitely somewhere you should go. So what does the show represent? Uh, you guys are probably there. It's not a lot about new models. It's a very truck show. It's a very commercial vehicle show and a very, interestingly enough, police show. There is always the coolest new police cars. I love it because just like a five-year-old, I am totally attracted to anything that's flashing and sparkly. And as soon as they turn all those lights on the emergency vehicles, I'm like, ooh, something shiny. Ooh, something shiny. Ooh, something shiny. Does that so- surprise you, Ryan? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> So I head over there and I have to go look at the new police cars and sit inside and play with the PA go, attention, Chicago Auto Show. Mr. Miles, please get out of the car. Yes, they do that to me all the time. Uh, So Roman and I spent the week there. He's going to join us to talk a little bit about the Buick Turex and also about the E-Pace. We went to Corsica together, which is where Napoleon was born, and we drove the E-Pace, which I was not expecting to like, but I did like it. And you'll find out about that. We're also going to talk to Mark, who's the general manager of Open Road. Uh, They have some of the uh, poshest cars available for sale in Bellevue. We're going to have somebody from Mercedes-Benz in Seattle to talk to us about uh, how Mercedes-Benz are doing and some of the cool new cars. There is a new GMCs on the horizon. We'll have them in on the show talking about the latest uh, GMC mountain concept and Anton Warman, our uh, professional uh, know-it-all and the guy who is an independent uh, analyst and also an investor is going to update us on the new Porsche Mission E as well as a bunch of cool stuff that's going on regarding uh, Tesla and how in general's rolls her eyes when Anton talks about Tesla. The <laughs> truth be known... <laughs> Anton has the dirty dirty on all the electric cars way before it uh, hits the newsstand. He's the guy that has the inside information. I'm always interested to know what Tesla are doing. You want to know, is this smoke and mirrors? Is this real? And I think that's why we have Tesla on the show. I mean, honestly, you go to ourautoexpert.com and you look at the news stories and out of every 10 news stories, there's usually a Tesla news story of something that's happening on there. All you have to do is hashtag ourautoexpert. You can follow all of our stories. So now on Instagram, you can actually follow follow a hashtag and all of those stories will come up in your feed and you want to know if you've ordered a Tesla or if there's a new car on the market that's what we're here for we're here to inform you of what's going on right I agree all right so 
that there's there you go <laughs> i don't want to hear about tesla anymore well guess what it's an important part of the automotive landscape and we're going to talk about it until it evaporates into the history of bygones which could be soon enough oh there we go jab 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 i tell you if i would i would be frustrated if i was a customer and i had to wait that long for a tesla yeah i think i would too uh, if i put my money down a thousand dollars several years ago and i hadn't received an email saying your model 3 is on the way but if you're a fan of tesla there's no changing your mind it's like if you're a fan true. of Apple. If, you, if you're going down that road, it's hard to change somebody's mind. It's time to move to an Android. Very few people do it. If you're a fan of Tesla, you're waiting for your Tesla Model 3. That's what I'm saying. That's Keep what I'm saying. Keep on waiting, people. Keep, well, <laughs> Keep on waiting. That's what's on today's show. And coming up, we'll talk to Roman Micah from the Fast Lane Car, the Fast Lane Truck, and TFL Now about uh, some of those vehicles that we have been in together over the last couple of weeks. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, joining us on the phone is Roman Mike. Uh, Roman's from the Fast Lane Car, the Fast Lane Truck, and uh, also TFL Now, three of the top YouTube channels. Uh, Roman, we have almost been co-employees in the last uh, couple of weeks we've been on several events together right yeah you're kind of my next wife my other wife <laughs> my work wife right we can call each other my work, work wife work wives yeah uh so let's talk about some of the vehicles that we have got a chance to be inside of uh let's talk about buick so they have this new Tourex. it's a, a wagon it also comes in a, a sportsback version and is really the regal is the base for it they call this a white space vehicle, right? And this is sort of the new thing that Buick's trying to do is fit into spaces where nobody else belongs, right? Yeah, you know, like with fashion, there are trends in the automotive industry. And right now the trend is to find niches or, in other words, white space where no one is at. So, for instance, the Cascada, which is a Buick that was introduced a few years ago, is a convertible that actually seats four. Uh, and that's a space that used to belong to Volkswagen with the EOS. Now Buick's decided that that's some place where uh, they can make some money. And so they went there with the convertible. And now, of course, uh, the wagon, the sports wagon, is uh, another place where they think that people can, uh, can, can make money by selling cars that no, one's, no one else is at. I think one of the things that I find strange about Buick Roman is they say things like, we're looking for this white space, but yet at the same time, they were the original inventors of the third row luxury or premium SUV, which has really been their biggest seller. So they, they have three SUVs in the market. So they seem to be hitting both of those, the trendy vehicles and the white space vehicles. And they are GM's second largest brand, right? Yeah, that, that's if you take global sales. You know, the reason the Buick's around and let's say Pontiac isn't, is because they're selling Buicks like hotcakes in China. And so that's what's driving the market more than, you know, what's being sold here in America. And that's a very weird thing for America to realize, that a different part of the country is actually uh, determining the, the, the life or death of a car company that was born and raised in America. Isn't that kind of crazy, Nick? I think one of the trouble, I have trouble with this, thinking they sell 80% of their vehicles in China and 20% in the United States. I think they probably sell a few outside the United States. But to me, Buick wouldn't exist if it if it wasn't for somewhere like China. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, they, they would have gone the way of uh, Pontiac and Hummer a long time ago, or even Saab. So, so here we are with basically a, a rebranded insignia, which is what it is in Europe, right? Once upon a time, uh, GM 
IBM used to own a very old and prestigious, well, somewhat prestigious European brand called Opal that they recently sold. Uh, and they would take these Opals like the Cascada and they would make them American friendly by giving them a more American look, I guess, changing the suspension around and then selling them here as Buicks. And that's what uh, the Buick Regal Cross X is. It's a European wagon that's being sold here in America. Let's talk about two things I think are really important here, Roman. First of all, what is the future of Buick now that Opal has been sold to uh, Citroen and Peugeot? Because presumably that Buick are not going to have those cars coming from Europe anymore that they can rebadge in the United States. Yeah, that's a great question, Nick. And I've asked that question a bunch of times. And what Buick will tell you is uh, that they've got cars in development that are going to be specific to the brand and that they won't necessarily need to rebrand European cars. And of course, Buick won't, you know, I, I say the word rebrand because I'm a journalist and I kind of like to say things the way I see them. Buick will tell you that they co-developed them. So let's, I just want to give you Buick's side of the story as well. And there's nothing wrong with rebranding cars. It's been a formula for success for, you know, the last 50 years for a lot of car companies. But that's a really good question. What's going to happen to Buick now that they don't have that pipeline of European cars? And I think they're probably going to become more American. That would be my guess. Seems I think, logical. Right. Or Chinese. <laughs> one of the funniest things about the car is that one thing that I didn't like about the car was the grill. And when I asked the designer, um, you know, when you, I think you mentioned to the designer, Nick, there's one thing Nick doesn't like about the car. And he, he turned around and before I could even open my mouth, he said, is it the grill? So I think that's the one thing that's very different uh, from the Insignia to the Buick. Um, I, I prefer the Insignia grill, I think, in, in that space. Putting a seal on the on this segment of the show, uh, uh, do you think the uh, Turex a win or a lose for Buick? I think it's a niche vehicle. Uh, I, I love uh, wagons. So if people haven't seen it, it's a very sexy wagon. I mean, it's long, it's swoopy, it's got really great proportions, and it's got a huge 73-point-something cubic feet in the back, right? You, me, I lay, I'm 6'2", I can sleep in the back of that. When we come back, Roman, I want to talk E-Pace. We spent, <laughs> uh, we spent a, a few days in Corsica together, the home of Napoleon, driving the new E-Pace. Uh, when we return, we're going to find out if Roman gives that a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. This is America's Car Radio Show, and on the phone with us is from the Fast Lane Car, Roman Micah. Uh, Roman, we spent this uh, whole week together uh, a couple of weeks ago in Corsica, and we drove. Uh, first of all, Corsica is a very interesting country because uh, although it's technically owned by the French, uh, they consider themselves Italian, which is like a whole thing. I made the mistake of asking the woman at reception of the second hotel we stayed at, uh, by the way, do you consider yourself French or Italian? She went, <gasps> Italian! Even even though it's part of France, but we uh, we went there to drive the new E-Pace. Um, so this, you know, Jaguar. This is the third SUV they've announced. The F-Pace was the first. The I-Pace, which isn't out yet, was the second. This is the third. The E-Pace. Uh, Jaguar seem to be heading headlong into SUVs. Good or a bad choice for them? It's a great choice. You know, uh, the tr- like I said before, the trend is your friend. Uh, the F-Pace when it came out, what two years ago, in one year outsold every other. Jaguar in the lineup. So uh, from a business point of view, this is where you want to be, right? I mean, if you've got one model that's, that's selling outselling everything else in your lineup, follow that where it takes you, which is more crossovers. I think that the uh, the I-Pace is probably the car everyone was waiting for and excited about, and everyone was 
interested in the e-pace but i was surprised about it i think i found a couple things that uh, weren't perfect but for the size of vehicle it was pretty capable pretty perfect good fuel economy a fun drive not amazing off-road but still capable right yeah it's one of these little crossovers that kind of directly competes with like the bmw x1 or x3 i mean x2 so you can kind of see what size it is it's a baby jaguar crossover that is surprisingly roomy on the outside and kind of uh, i would say good-looking in a bulldog, pretty sort of way on the outside. It's very butch. It's very kind of rounded shoulders and square-jawed. It's uh, an interesting uh, design. You know, Jaguar is nothing if not an interesting car company right now because they're making some of the best-looking vehicles out there, I think, Nick, and this is certainly one of them. Uh, that, this is confusing, the analogies for them, because they're trying to tell us that, that it was called the Cub during development, uh, which is sort <laughs> yes. of a mating, a mating of the uh, F-Type and the F-Pace, uh, this small car, but it is very bulldogish. It's got a sort of flat, square nose. It's uh, more in your face, more Winston Churchill than I expected. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, I think uh, Jaguar is just on a roll right now. You know, they, 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 uh, what happened, of course, with Jaguar was they were at one point owned by Ford. And then when the entire car industry melted down in 2009, uh, Ford sold them to a company in India called Tata. And Tata gave them a bunch of money and they said, that's all we're going to give you. Now you guys kind of live or die by the cars you create. Uh, and it kind of proves that small car companies do really well when they're not in the shadow or not having their purse strings directly controlled by big car companies. Um, it's, it's the same thing that happened with, with uh, Volvo. Uh, and so some, you got to wonder if these massive car companies like GM or even Nissan, if they know what to do with these smaller brands. And uh, both Volvo and Jaguar and Land Rover are just thriving right now under their own power, which is great. I think one of the things, too, that uh, I feel very much with Jaguar is, I've, look, I'm in love with the brand. It's British. I don't have much more to say than that. I mean, you know, Brit- Britain makes some of the m- most exciting cars on the road. But the, I didn't see much future in the car company. And they've done this sudden move into the SUV segment, now with three, and into the electric segment. It's definitely a, a savior story. I, I think at one point uh, they were sent almost uh, what we would call in England out to Coventry, where everyone was like, and we're done. And now they've sort of redeemed themselves. Is is there a big future? Um, because I think there's more SUVs to come from them too. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Open Road, the dealership that sells Rolls-Royce, Lamborghini, McLaren, and Bentley. All the cars I want to have in my driveway. Como News 1000 FM 97.7. Our auto expert with Nick Miles will be right back. Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. Oh, we promise you some luxury on the show, and uh, I never disappoint. Uh, Mark Mokestad is here, and he is from Open Road, uh, which is in Bellevue. And if you are looking to see some of the most eloquent, some of the most beautiful, and the best-performing SUVs in the world, you'll definitely see them there. Uh, uh, Mark, what, what? tell me about what vehicles that uh, you're famous for at Open Road. Uh, I don't know if, if famous is... is the correct choice of words, but we're, we're a, a Bentley, Rolls-Royce, um, and Lamborghini uh, new car franchise dealer. And you're looking to um, to really, I guess, promote the uh, those cars, but you're also new. The Canadian company that owns or the open road that came in is new to the United States, and it's not a company that sits on 
its haunches. You guys uh, actually get things done, and you're looking at really expanding that. You have a, a lot of other brands outside of Seattle and Bellevue that you're looking to uh, maybe envelop into that shell. So it really is the pinnacle of luxury in Bellevue, right? Yeah, our, our founder, Christian Shia, uh, started his company in the uh, early 90s. Uh, we now have, uh, I believe, 18 franchises and just shy of 20 stores. Um, and we are actually the first foray into the United States. But uh, Christian is a very driven man. Um, and we're looking at, under his guidance, basically doubling, if not tripling, the size of his organization by 2025. So let's talk about the brands that you're currently uh, working with uh, in, in Seattle, in Bellevue. Uh, Lamborghini, a lot of news coming out of Lamborghini recently with the, with the brand new SUV. It was teased in Europe. It was unveiled again when Detroit a few weeks ago. Um, this is 650 horsepower, probably the most exciting SUV that we've seen ever in the American shores. Absolutely. And and being both in in St. Augusta for the, the launch and then again in Detroit for the North American launch, uh, this car is not going to disappoint. Um, it is the first entry into what is called the SSUV segment or the super SUV segment. And it is on all key points, the best in class. 650 horsepower, as you mentioned, zero to 60 uh, in 3.6 seconds, stopping from 100 kilometers to zero in just over 100 feet. Um, amazing, amazing car and going to be a real game changer for Lamborghini. They, in the last two years, uh, took on a construction initiative at the factory, doubling the size of their employee base and their factory. And they're expecting the Urus to sell one-to-one uh, with their other cars. So they're expecting sales basically to double over the coming year. Now, this is, a, this is a, an interesting technical question for you beautiful car amazing performance stats but why do the uh, why do these companies choose names that are almost impossible to pronounce i think i sat there before i talked about it on my fox sports show uh try to work out exactly how to pronounce so it's urus right not urus it is Urus, and uh, Lamborghini has classically, with one or two exceptions, um, always named their cars after famous fighting bulls or or lineage of bulls. Uh, the marquee is actually a bull, kind of like Ferrari's is uh, a horse, um, and so Uracon, uh, Aventador. Uh, Urus is actually a lineage of very famous fighting bulls, and it was considered to be the originator. Um, other than the LM002, which was manufactured in the mid-80s, this is the first SUV um, or SSUV that Lamborghini has produced, um, and they're looking for it to be a game changer or the first in origin, which is why they landed on the name Urus. So who's buying luxury SUVs? Is this people who are, who are looking for a family vehicle but want to stay in the luxury market? Or I should say super luxury SUVs. Uh, is it a new buyer or is it existing buyers who just can't fit everything into their sports car? You're seeing that standard buyer that our, our clients are very loyal, right? So once you arrive here, it's very normal for people to just continue to come in and, and buy replacement cars. But we're seeing a lot of new faces. Um, back to Urus, um, Lamborghini is, is believes that 
that 70% of Urus owners in the next year or two will be brand new to the brand. Um, and in 2019, they're estimating that one in three vehicles sold in North America will actually be an SUV. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I'm super excited about the expansion of the luxury segment. When we come back, let's talk about the most premium luxury brand on the market, which is Rolls-Royce. Not just a premium luxury car brand, but the ultimate luxury vehicle and the ultimate luxury item. That's when we return. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. So we're back, still talking to uh, Mark Magistad about Open Road, the dealership in in Bellevue, Seattle, which uh, has probably uh, all of the cars that I desperately want in my life, including Rolls-Royce. <laughs> so one of the things, Mark, I am very impressed about is Rolls-Royce are not just the most premium car brand in the world, but they are basically the most premium luxury brand in the world. And they've carved out this amazing space for themselves, and they continue to release amazing models. Absolutely. Yeah, Rolls-Royce, I believe, is the only manufacturer that actually considers themselves a pinnacle brand. So they're kind of in their own category and have done an amazing job in the last 10 years. There's it's four unique models now. The Ghost, which is the four-door sedan midsize. The Dawn, which is their convertible. Wraith, which is their coupe. And now we just have the uh, launch of the all-new Phantom 8, uh, which is the newest uh, rendition of the Phantom, which is their top-of-the-line car. Very rich in history, as you well know. Rolls-Royce is over 100 years old, uh, one of the first auto manufacturers on the face of the planet, and really one of the true, late, great, hand-assembled, multi-generational workers. It is truly a piece of art and arguably the most luxurious car on, on the face of the planet. I think the assembly really speaks to that as well, knowing that every piece of wood in the car is shaved from the same tree in just millimeters apart, the fact that everything is hand-stitched, and even the pinstripe down the side of the vehicle is hand-painted. There is nothing on this car that doesn't get the ultimate attention, about uh, 400, between two and 400 hours to put one together, right? Absolutely. The Phantom, I, I believe, is just north of 500 hours um, in order to put together, and you're right, the attention to detail on the car is is exceptional. Rolls-Royce basically has their own cows from which they source the leather and the seats. All are hand-inspected to make sure that there's no barb marks, no oddities to the leather. To your point, the, the wood, all hand-laid, um, all book-ended, so they, they match. And there's a luster and a depth uh, to the wood, to the metal. We, we don't use chrome-plated plastics. Everything that can be manufactured out of metal is actually metal and the attention to, to detail and, and the quality obviously speaks for itself in the brand's reputation. In Mark, in the last minute that we have left with you, let's talk about the new Rolls-Royce that's coming. So we don't know much, but we do know it's a four-wheel drive or an all-wheel drive vehicle. Yeah, it is, it's called Project Cullinan. Uh, again, odd names for car models. Cullinan was actually, I believe, the largest uncut diamond ever discovered until recently. I believe they found a large one two weeks ago, which we'll, we'll see if they change the name in the 11th hour. But it is Rolls-Royce's first foray into the all-wheel drive market and into the SUV market. So 
this will be a full-size ultra-luxury sport utility. And from what I understand, and, and details are tentative, we will have the car here at the end of the year. Um, Rolls-Royce is extremely impressed and very well thought um, as far as the capabilities of this car. If you are looking for one of these vehicles, the Lamborghini, the Bentley, or the Rolls-Royce to be in your driveway, uh, how can people find you, Mark? Um, we are in Bellevue, on the corner of 136 in Bellevue. It's about eight miles outside of Seattle. And will you come back on the show and talk about the new brands that you may be acquiring in the future? Absolutely. And I'd love to have you down. Let's go for a drive someday. Oh, you just made my whole week. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll talk to you again soon. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. I have learned more about uh, Rolls-Royce, Lamborghini, and Bentley than I uh, knew previously. Uh, so Valentine's Day upon us. Quick question for the crew uh, since it's Valentine's Day, uh, who would you kiss and in what vehicle, Jen? Mine would be the Lamborghini Aventador convertible and, of course, with Eminem. Ryan? I'd say Angelina Jolie inside of Eleanor. Really? That's way too classic for you. I would absolutely have thought it would have been a, some kind of Audi since you're a big Audi fan. And Angelina Jolie... And... That classic scene where she's like, I'd wear red lipstick and... Yeah, I think she's enough. old enough to be a mother. Funnily yeah. enough, uh, I think that uh, mine would be Eminem too, but probably in a in a Dodge Durango. So, they, no, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And of course, you can always check us out online and go to ourautoexpert.com. Then there's the alternative of following us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You've probably guessed. All you have to do is check out our auto expert on all of those mediums. And we come back loads more, including an update on the new Mission E from Porsche. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back to the show. If there's one brand that I have traveled the world to drive, it is Mercedes-Benz. I was in Germany test driving the new S-Class, and I have been in Las Vegas test driving some of their electric vehicles. Uh, they have definitely uh, really improved the whole range of vehicles over the last few years there's something for everybody in the brand and uh, joining us from uh, mercedes-benz in uh, seattle is the uh, the manager uh, janelle and I, janelle i don't want to butcher your last name but is it uh, makovich it is janelle markovich very close so okay markovich uh, janelle is Mercedes-Benz important for the Northwest, but what are people buying out of the dealerships in Seattle right now? You know, our most common vehicles that we sell here in Seattle would be obviously formatic vehicles for all of our seasons. But even to drill more into it than that would be our C-Class 
is what we consider our bread and butter, our E-Class, as well as the GLE, the replacement to the ML, the midsize SUV. So the the C-Class and E-Class have some uh, outstanding technologies in them. I know one of the things I was most impressed with, definitely with the E-Class, is the fact that the airbags will deploy in the side of the vehicle before an impact, if it knows an impact is imminent, just to move people away from the door uh, to keep them safe. They have a whole new thing uh, with, or I should say they have a whole uh, area of safety, which is becoming uh, probably one of the most important things that they have, right? It really is to them, even above and beyond them pushing away from the door edges. They also release a sound in the vehicle so your eardrums aren't damaged by the airbag going off. I love the idea. That's, te- I, think, I think it's called pink noise or white noise. It depends uh, who it is and what they, uh, who, how they classify it. But that's an outstanding piece of, uh, of material too or a piece of noise. So do you know how it works? Because I'm real confused about how it works. You know, that what, what I know, I've never experienced it, knock on wood, but what, what I know of it is that uh, a light noise will go off in the vehicle and so then that way the, the frequency that that noise is actually protects your eardrums from hearing the loud boom of the airbag. Another another way that Mercedes-Benz going above and beyond. I was in Detroit recently, uh, Janelle, for the release of the new G-Wagon for the unveiling. Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. Um, a pretty impressive vehicle has been there since the 70s, but you're getting a, a brand new one at the dealership. Is this an important new release for, uh, for, for Mercedes-Benz being that there's a new G-Wagon? You know, I can't imagine a day where the G-Wagon won't be important. It has the most loyal following that I've ever seen of any vehicle. It's an incredible piece of art to look at, and then it's an absolute beast when you take it off-road. But it's just an incredible vehicle. So, yes, it is always very important to us. I was impressed by the fact that uh, the biggest thing for Mercedes was they made sure that it could make a mount- this mountain trail in Austria, which is kind of the go-to trail for all of the big off-roaders. And they knew it if the vehicle could make it over this trail, that it was going to be a big hit. Um, that, for me, is one of the biggest facts about it is it, it's not going to lose any of its capabilities. Do you think Mercedes-Benz offer more than their competition when it comes to a vehicle lineup? I really do. I I don't know. In my opinion, I I just don't think there's a lot of competitor to the G-Wagon. It's such a unique vehicle inside and out. And it's not just for looks. I mean, that obviously is what draws the client to it from the get-go. Um, but but then it's just its capabilities are unlike any other. And I obviously might be a little biased, but it has such a loyal following to back up that statement. And now with a, a Mercedes-Benz that starts under $30,000, you've hit the nail on the head. Mercedes are also making movements into the electrification market. Uh, the numbers of electric cars that they're going to be introducing in the next few years seem astronomically high. Uh, lots of models have been suggested. I saw the, the GT electrified uh, concept car in New New York last year. Um, that's an exciting car. Is this something you think people in the Northwest are going to get excited about, electrification of a luxury brand? I absolutely do. I, I think that we've needed it. I, I think it's overdue. I've been lucky enough, like you, to see some of the concept cars. They're amazing. I can't wait till they hit the market. And I think it's, I think it's going to be a huge success. If somebody wants to test drive the vehicles, are they able to do that by just coming into the dealership? There's no better day than today. Come down and, and drive a Mercedes. Uh, Janelle, thanks for talking to us today. And uh, maybe next time uh, I have some free time, I can come down and we can take a ride together in, in the new wagon. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News.
It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Welcome back. So I want to talk about luxury, but in a different format in this segment. I want to talk about uh, luxury trucks, and uh, that would be GMC. And of course, every time you get GMC, you've got to be talking to uh, Jenny Ecclestone because she is the uh, lady with all the answers from uh, GMC. Uh, Jenny, let's talk about the vehicle that was released at the LA Auto Show uh, last year now, which was this uh, interesting concept called the All Mountain Concept. So for those people that can't see it, explain to us what it looked like and, and exactly what the whole idea between this luxury truck was. Well, first of all, thank you for the flattery in announcing me but so the all mountain is something that is a super cool concept vehicle from us from a gmc standpoint um it was created with our designers in light of a recent partnership that we announced with vale resorts and and basically the premise of it was to create this truck that would be capable of climbing a mountain and i think when you see this vehicle and the presence that it has and the mat tracks that we added which are basically the mountain crawlers um the six inch lift the light bars on top and the the vehicle wrap that we did with the artwork of the mountains on it, you really get that true, um, this is a mountain monster, can tackle anything that you put at it. Uh, this guy could climb mountains, literally. And the designers had a lot of fun with it, I think, working with our different suppliers to create this. We used accessories um, that, that can hold your ski racks, your snowboards, all that kind of stuff, the lighting treatments, all of that. Um, and then, of course, the mat tracks, which I think are really what make this truck stand out. Now, now that's a sort of interesting question here, because you can clearly put all of this stuff like cool graphics and accessories and bolt-on mm-hmm. stuff and ski racks and this sort of thing, but how do you put that on the wheel? of a truck i mean i i can't even fathom how that would possibly work how we, how you would be able to get those wheels to go up the snow yeah you have to definitely i mean they've we've t- taken it over to vale several times and we actually have one that sits out there there's going to be one in park city one here in our hometown brighton michigan and then um another that's traveling to the shows obviously which is the one we saw in la but uh to do our different shoots and everything we truly took this thing through snow and it does climb it loves fresh powder you know these mat tracks were built in a way that that's what um other things like snowmobiles they're, they're built off of that kind of mindset that something that would actually be eating through the snow to get and travel on it and so you add that six inch lift to make space for these mat tracks to be underneath the vehicle and you take you put them in the place of where the wheels are and you suddenly have this mountain machine now, so you just sort of bolt them on to where where the the wheel would have gone or is it that simple does it take yeah it, okay because it looks to me like it would take a whole engineering team to work out how they would power them and stuff it doesn't you know they, they look very different than 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 we would expect something to be a bolt-on part right yeah i'm sure it's a bit more complicated than just bolt-on but i know know that this truck that we travel with actually it doesn't fit the normal trailering and so we have to remove the mat tracks every time we take it somewhere um, to get it back onto the mountain so you can very easily turn this back into your standard all-terrain hd uh, gmc truck instead of with the mat track so it, it, they do pop on and off and basically just have to add that six inch lift to make it so that they fit underneath those wheel wells uh, ryan had a question yeah i just had a quick yeah, question i was wondering how this is going to affect other ski resorts i think this would be the greatest thing in the world being a snowboarder because the coldest point on your trip is riding up on the lift so i think that would be amazing to be inside a gmc truck and just get taken up to the top instead of sitting on that lift is that something that maybe you guys would be looking at yeah so right now it's 
more just for a kind of uh, stationary, fun, photogenic type of background piece, but it's something that we've certainly talked about. And actually, the concept was derived out of a partnership that our Canadian team had with uh, Whistler for, they've been partners with them for almost 30 years. And they've created, they started creating All Mountains about two or three years ago. And um, one of the, the ideas that they had behind it was kind of this uh, safety mechanism where if something happened, they could use this monster truck to kind of help people get out there if you couldn't get a snowmobile or something like that. So we haven't quite gotten to that part yet. Obviously, we have to um, we have to really kind of mountain grade and certify these, which is not something that we've approached yet, just because we've only made these concept vehicles. But um, I think it'd be a really interesting thing to look at in the future, especially with GMC's partnership with Vail Resorts. I definitely uh, uh, would love pretty much everything that you guys have made, uh, especially the, uh, the the Denali versions uh, really outstanding, and then some of the new stuff that you've sort of been showing. Uh, we and we want to talk about how customers are embracing that. When we come back, I'll, I'm going to ask Jenny about how a GMC has been doing in the sales department, and also if you want to see those uh, all mountain concepts, where you'd be able to go to see those. That's when uh, we return on the show. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More our auto expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. So we're talking to uh, Jenny Ecclestone, and Jenny uh, from GMC, we have, we've been talking about how GMC has been coming up with these really cool concept vehicles. Uh, one of the things I was always impressed about is Denali was just a, sort of an add-on trim level, but you guys saw that people really liked the Denali trim levels when you offered them, and it's become much bigger part of your brand hasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially the last couple of years, we've seen a um, huge increase from, you know, anywhere to 15 to 20% of the penetration for our sales to up to 30, which is where we ended last year. So when you think about a premium brand selling SUVs and trucks that um, this kind of ultra premium, almost luxury level is taking about a third of our sales, um, that's a huge statement for us. And I think um, there's a lot of interest in this luxury truck segment that's coming up. And, you know, what we hear from our customers is they come in, they want the Denali, they know it stands out from a design perspective. We were the first to the industry with something like this. And I, and I personally believe we're still the best at it. And it's not a question of the price point for them. It's how many options can they get on the vehicles themselves. And a lot, a lot of times for our truck customers that are coming to Denali, they are willing to and able to afford um, a luxury sedan, if you will, and and but they want the functionality that comes with the truck. So they're expecting the same type of interior treatments, whether that's real wood, aluminum, that kind of stuff, or the you know magnetic ride control, some of those features that you would get into a luxury sedan, which is what we're offering them in our full-size trucks and SUVs. GMC has been around for a long time and you've been making high-end trucks for a long time. And now other other truck companies are realizing that there's a great market here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about the sales, you know, primarily in the United States company and, and an American company, but Canada, Mexico, and some markets outside of North America as well. Yes. So GMC sold in all of North America, so Canada, US, and Mexico. And then we do have a large presence in the Middle East. And uh, what's unique about that market, I think um, Canada, Mexico, and the US all perform relatively similarly with Denali still being kind of that epitome of the brand and people really being drawn to it from that perspective. 
perspective, and we're seeing large sales increases specifically on Denali and all of those markets. But how do you think unique thing about the Middle Eastern market is there's a um, total lifestyle culture around GMC, which they actually refer to as Jim. So it's um, they, they pronounce it as a word versus the initials, which is kind of fun. And it almost turns into this off-roading kind of sand duning culture for them where they've taken Yukons and I've seen really cool imagery. And But when they have these big sand dune driving contests, they basically create Wranglers out of our, our different vehicles and they outfit them where they remove the metal from the interior or the outside of our Yukons and turn them into these kind of total sand duning machines, which is super cool. But it's, it's so interesting to see how our brand changes personalities in these different markets. And, you know, if you need someone to hold your luggage when you go to the Middle East, I'm more than happy to help you uh, with that <laughs> I'll, one. I'll be you. <laughs> so you, you mean you don't only make uh, sort of uh, SUVs and, and, and small trucks, <laughs> but you have a 2500 Denali as well. This is a big with, yes, with a four-wheel drive crew cab. So it's, it's big, big trucks as well. Yeah, and actually while we're on the topic of sales from a big, big truck perspective, um, that's actually one of our highest penetrations for Denali is with the HD. It's about 55%. Jenny, uh, finally, if someone wants to go and look at the entire lineup of GMC vehicles available, uh, send send us somewhere online so we can go Google at them. Sure, you can go to gmc.com and you will find all of the good things there. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, I'm up for a Vail trip and I'm up for a Middle East trip anytime you want to go test drive some GMC. Excellent. We'll count you in for the next trip. <laughs> Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. Time to set it on cruise control. This is our auto expert. Here's Nick Miles. Welcome back to our auto expert. And every week we look forward to the segment when Anton Wallman joins us. He is an independent analyst and investor, knows many things about autonomy and electric vehicles and the business of car making. Uh, Anton, I wanted to ask you a bit about Porsche's Mission E. Uh, first of all, breaking news about the production of the vehicle. That's right. So uh, in an interview uh, with a German magazine, the head of production for Porsche actually went into some uh, considerable detail about how the production of the first all-electric car that Porsche is going to be making is shaping up. It's going to be called the Mission E. It will be in the market at some point in calendar year 2019, and the mass production equipment of this vehicle is being installed right now at the very beginning of 2018. And this production is initially sized at a conservative in units per year. And it's not a traditional uh, assembly line, but rather these little robots that move the equipment around so that the, these stations, some of them can take a little bit longer than anticipated as the company learns about the intricacies of working with an all-electric vehicle. Uh, I know that we have talked, sounds very much much like it's uh, Panamera-esque, but it's not based on a Panamera. That's right. It's, a, it's an all-new platform that has nothing to do with Panamera under the skin. But in terms of the basic body shape and size, you can sort of think of it like a Panamera because when you see this car, you'll see that the front of the car looks just a little bit more like a Porsche 911, but the rear of the car looks a lot more like a Panamera. And this is because, of course, this Mission E does not have a big gasoline or, for that matter, diesel engine up front, but rather a very, very small electric motor. Uh, this electric uh, motor is basically smaller than a baby pig, for example, so it can easily hide in the front of the car and reduce the mass in the front of the car. 
Porsche, of course, has also been testing this car, not just for acceleration and top speed, but for endurance. One of the challenges with an electric car is when you drive it at or near top speed for a long period of time, meaning many minutes or tens of minutes at a time, it overheats or can overheat both the motor and the batteries. And what Porsche has done is to ensure that the Mission E can be driven just like a classic 911 or a 911 turbo. You can haul this thing at, at close to 200 miles an hour for long periods of time without overheating. So it's going to be significantly better than the Model S or about the same? Well, we'll uh, await judgment until we have a, had a chance to drive these cars side by side. But Porsche is clearly targeting or saying that they are targeting uh, the kind of customer who is going to not just want, want to launch a few random zero to 60 or zero to whatever the quarter mile uh, launches, but uh, are going to drive this thing on the Autobahn and on uh, places like uh, Nuremberg or other tracks whereby you have to drive at very high speed for longer periods of time. And they want to make sure that the car doesn't overheat in situations like that so that you can actually race this car properly under such conditions. Uh, how many do you think will be available in the United States? Well, the car has actually, the Porsche has actually been public about what they expect as a minimum. They, they're saying that they expect to make at a minimum 20,000 units per year. They've also said that, look, if uh, the demand uh, goes up there, they can increase that. The company has also been very clear that they are working on additional body styles. And we've already seen mules out there that they're coming out with a crossover that is basically kind of like a Macan. Again, it wouldn't be based on a Macan. It would just have the basic size and shape of a Macan. But under the skin would essentially be a crossover slash SUV version of this first Mission E that will be out here in calendar 2019. What do you think we're going to be paying for something like this? Is it going to be astronomically larger than a Panamera? Um, I think that the base price may be a hair larger than the Panamera, but uh, once you've thrown in what kind of standard equipment this thing will have and the kind of performance it will have, it's going to be hard to make it a perfect exact uh, hair to hair sort of uh, uh, apples to apples uh, type of uh, comparison. But is this a nail in the Tesla coffin? Well, um, we'll have to see, and at these kinds of volumes, we'll we'll have to see how large the market is because one theory is that. Uh, uh, a car of this nature will simply take market share from Tesla. Another theory is that the, it will simply expand the market for electric cars overall. When we come back, we'll find out about a tough time that Tesla have been having over the last few weeks and also find out whether or not they are going to be able to bounce back. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines, and they're off. Back to our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. We're back with Anton Wallman. He is an independent analyst and investor and knows many things about electric cars and autonomous vehicles. Uh, Anton, uh, Tesla had a little tumble this week. Yeah, basically what happened was that uh, inside EVs, which is the leading site for estimating monthly U.S. sales numbers for Tesla, and has been for over five years now, and they have been remarkably accurate in doing so. They've been off by maybe a percent or two up or down, but not more than that. They came out and said that in the month of January, Tesla delivered only 
1,875 Model 3 vehicles in the United States. And of course, the only place where they're delivering vehicles right now is in the United States. And that was a lot less, lot less than people had expected. Remember that on January 3rd, Tesla made a statement that uh, basically they had uh, delivered uh, only uh, just over 1,700 for the entire second half of 2017 when they started making these deliveries. But also they kept saying that in the last week of the month here of the December month, they were make, basically making cars at a rate of, a, of about a thousand a week and they had made actually you know some 700 plus in the last seven or ten days of of december and the reason they did that was to imply that wow now we're at a thousand a week and increasing and of course that would lead uh, any observer out there to believe that in the month of january they would have made at least 4,000 cars and probably a bit more. Now, of course, when, when they found out here that, now that we found out that they had only delivered 1,875, that's a major disappointment. That they, they basically fell short by uh, just over 50%. And so, you know, what's going to happen here very soon is that when Tesla reports it a full fourth quarter from a financial perspective, they're clearly going to be given some sort of guidance as to what to expect for the first quarter that ends at the end of March. And I'm sure that they will use yet again some flowerly language suggesting that they're at some rate for a few hours or a few days, they were able to obtain so-and-so type of production. But given this recent experience here, I think people should be very cautious and skeptic in, in believing that you can extrapolate from these numbers and assume that Tesla is going to be delivering tens of thousands of vehicles here before this quarter is over of the Model 3. So that's really what happened here. It's a major, major disappointment of over 50% for the Model 3. So let, let me just recap in something that we uh, we had talked about in the past, and that is that Tesla actually initially only had a license to spray a thousand vehicles in the body shop, which means that either Elon uh, obtained a license to spray more than a thousand a month, or that they stockpiled around 800 of them pre the month and uh, just ended up selling those in, the, in that month's period. <laughs> Yeah, I believe Tesla has the ability to certainly spray paint more than that at this point. I think they have a, the ability to do at least 225, 230,000 a year of all their models combined. So as, at the moment, I don't believe that uh, there is a, a permitting issue that's limiting this whole thing. There's some other production or sales issue, whether that is with respect to assembling the batteries, which they do for the Model 3 in Reno, Nevada, or whether it, it is with respect to uh, manufacturing in terms of the final assembly of the overall body, which is taking place in Fremont, California. We just don't know because Tesla has not been very transparent with this. All right, we'll look forward to hearing more about those as they get released. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor, and you can find his stuff at seekingalpha.com. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about what we learned on this week's show. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Well, thanks for listening to the show this week. Uh, what do we learn, kids? I learned that the Rolls-Royce uh, 4x4, or all-wheel drive that's coming out, is named after the largest rough-cut diamond, but one. They found a new one uh, this week, which is uh, is the original one was called the Cul 
Collingen. Collinen. Project? Col- Collinen. Collinen. Not a colander, but a Collinen, which I could be misconstrued as very badly pronounced. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to that coming out. Also, I think the best thing to come out of this week's show was the fact that I was invited to go drive uh, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, and Rolls Royces at the dealer. I wonder how many people he invited to do that. Oh, yeah, it's like 4,000 yeah. people in a really long line <laughs> stretching uh, outside the dealership. As always, uh, we suggest that you follow us at ourautoexpert.com. Here's a cool thing. Go to your Instagram account and follow the hashtag ourautoexpert, and then everything we do will just bing! into your uh, auto expert lineup and you'll be able to check out what's happening in the automotive world of course we'll be back next week with a highly entertaining and informative car show i'm nick miles stay connected stay informed this is como news